Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thanks so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and President of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that. Good to hear a good positive attitude. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too, because we have another information-packed program for you today, and we're going to unpack it for you in just a moment. But before we get to that, once again, I want to remind people that we are a podcast. If you miss any part of the show today or you want to hear it all over again, simply go to wherever you get your podcasts. We have about 375 episodes up there, 375 hours, and there's bound to be a topic that applies to you, so that is a great great resource, Growing Your Wealth by podcast. And speaking of resources too, at madronafinancial.com, we do have a rather robust resource library there. So if you've got questions about almost any topic, go to resources and there's bound to be an answer. There can be a video for you. There's just all sorts of information at madronafinancial.com. Well, Brian, there is a lethal combination, I think, brewing in Washington right now, federal income tax rates. They're at the lowest levels that they've been, I think, in more than about 40 years. At the same time, our national debt Debt is at a record high of more than $31 trillion and growing. And a lot of people have been talking about this debt ceiling fight that we have in Washington. And the Congressional Budget Office suggests that individual income taxes will go up by, get this, Brian, 66% in 2031. That is kind of scary. So let's talk about that first on the show today. Why are they projecting that your income taxes are going to go up by 66% by 2031? Yeah, I, I think this is real because you, you just have to look back at history. We go back to World War II, post-World War II, and the top tax bracket was 94%. And then it dropped all the way to 90% for a couple decades. Yeah. I mean, wow, okay. Well, what caused that? Well, you know, that was World War II. You know, that's, that's why. Well, at the end of World War II, our spending was over 100% of our GDP for the first time ever. And then it dropped in the year subsequent to that until recently when it also went to 100% of our GDP and it, uh, was, was there. And so now we're looking at this going, wait a second, our debt, so this is different than you know, our deficit. Deficit is the annual shortage mm-hmm. and debt is the accumulated shortage. So not only is the accumulated shortage over $30 trillion, by far our highest ever, of course, but the spending as it relates to the gross domestic product is as high as it's ever been mm-hmm. also. Yeah. So, oh, whoa, we got <laughs> both going on here. Yeah. And so we've never had that. We didn't have that after World War II. No. We, we've never had that. So to think that, oh, no, they're not going to raise taxes. Uh, oh, no, oh, yeah, really. they're going to have to raise taxes. Of course. I mean, that's, that's just a given, and it's going to have to be a lot. You know, I was doing a little research on this, and it's interesting to note that in the 120 years since about 1901, the federal budget has been in a deficit 72.5% of those years. In the early days of the 20th century, the federal government overspent only during wartime, as you said, or to address a crisis. Thus, from 1901 to 1929, the federal budget was in deficit only 31% of the time. After President Nixon removed the U.S. from the gold standard in 1971, a budget deficit has a existed 91.8% of the time. So removing the U.S. from the gold standard allows the federal government to spend more since the money supply is no longer constrained by the amount of gold that it possesses. Well, that's a very interesting thing there. I mean, gosh, I, I never really thought about the gold gold standard putting the spending, you know, forcing it to right. be under wraps, you know, holding it down. And once you start playing with monopoly money, which, you know, floating T-bills or someday, you know, I think the government's going to get into the crypto business. I I honestly believe that because, again, it's a way to create money without actually 
making any sacrifices. You're not cutting spending. You're just making up these blockchains and saying they're worth something. Okay, well, all right. And it's kind of the same with the borrowing that we're doing. There's, there's no way the federal government has $31 trillion no. sitting in a bank somewhere right. to back up the borrowing they've done, and nor will they have the next $20 trillion that'll probably occur over just a couple of years before we get there. So that is very interesting, Jeff. You bring up the gold standard about how that kind of acted as a governor on spending that no longer exists. So we have this out of control spending and borrowing and uh, record levels on both ends. And, you know, we saw it's interesting also what you said, Jeff, was back, you know, 100 years ago. Right. The income tax rate in the early in the early 1900s was zero. Right. We didn't have one. And then 1913, I think it was, Mm -hmm. we we started doing income taxes, and and it was 1%. Mm -hmm. And, well, it didn't take long for Congress (laughs) and and, uh, D.C. to go, how about 94%? And, oh, it's a a one-off. And then they dropped it down to 90. And then when I uh, was in college, the top rate was 70. Yeah. And then Reagan came along when it was 50. He came along, dropped it to 28 and then we had a robust economy again. But I have no doubt that days of the 12% bracket that oh, yeah. a lot of people are in right now, 22, 24, the 32, 35, 39.6, whatever, as they go up, those days are numbered. Yeah, so these are the good old days as far as taxes go. And you were talking about the first income tax in 1913. Interestingly enough, I was Googling that. Got to look at the first income tax form, and it was like a page, a page and a half, something <laughs> like a that. half a page, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I'm going to get one of those, a facsimile of that, and frame it. And we can put it on the uh, wall there at Madrona CPAs. But nevertheless, you know, when you really think about it, Brian, during the past 20 years, I mean, we have endured here in the United States a stock bubble, a housing and a financial crisis and a global pandemic. So it just makes sense that taxes are going to go up at 66%. So that's the problem that we're facing here, Brian. Let's talk about a strategy and a solution to this. What can we do to mitigate a tax increase of 66%? I mean, what can we do right now to soften that blow? Uh, I got a few ideas here. Uh, Plan with the end in mind, first off. If you think that taxes are going up, and you're probably accurate, then, you know, I think the biggest misconception of tax planning is, Brian, you're a CPA. How do you get out of paying taxes? Well, move to Somalia. Um, <laughs> yeah. I actually told somebody that once because they were, they were just yeah. ridiculous, and they didn't want to pay any taxes. Well, then move to Somalia. They don't have any roads or schools, but yeah, at least the, you won't pay any taxes. Quality of life's not so great, but hey, there's no taxation over there. You get what you pay for is what I'm saying. That's right. You might have to up your security bill, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know that the idea that the rich don't pay tax oh, is so ridiculous. That's crazy. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with people and intelligent people, and they can't hear my words. They're like, well, you don't know, Brian. Oh, well, yeah, what would I know? I just, you know, we just prepare tax returns for a couple thousand yeah. higher net worth people. And you're telling me I don't know that they don't pay any tax or I'm the worst CPA in the world <laughs> that somebody that makes, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year actually pays some tax. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe maybe everybody should fire uh, Madrona CPAs as their accountants, <laughs> I guess. But no, that's that's it's not right. What it is, is the press out there is putting out forward this false narrative that rich people, when their stock portfolio goes up in value on paper or their real estate goes up in value on paper, that they're avoiding income taxes fraudulently. And they are not. You don't pay income tax on unrealized gains. Yeah. You select when you sell something. Of course. When you sell it, you pay the tax. Yeah. So increases, decreases in value of something you own are not a taxable event. And that, that's what they're always referring to. But the reality is that most of the income tax collected, a vast majority of it is collected from the top 10% of earners in the United States. Yeah, and I've got a friend who's a financial advisor, and he just told me, hey, I sent in $200,000 for my quarterly tax estimate. He sent in more than he should have done. You know, that is for his business, but on a personal level, too. I mean, he's sending in huge amounts of money. So, you know, again, I don't know what rich is, how you define rich. I'm going to say he's well-to-do or wealthy, and he's earned every penny of it, just as you have, too. But 
But no, the wealthy do pay their taxes. And I think it's just silly for people to think that they do not pay their taxes. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We're talking about the 66% tax increase that the Congressional Budget Office is predicting by 2031. So we're sitting here now, Brian, and you know, I pay a lot in taxes. I can't imagine paying 66% more by 2031. So for the people listening to us right now who are just as concerned about this as I am, what can we do today to mitigate those taxes or plan for this ahead? I guess I'll just ask that pointed question again. Yeah. So basically, if if you're looking at a 20-year horizon, let's say, the goal to me should be to minimize the income taxes paid over the course of 20 years, not in a particular year, mm-hmm. not in this year, but over the 20 years, while maximizing income. So, okay, those kind of offset each other. Well, if I'm maximizing income, how am I going to lower taxes? Well, no, I mean, the goal is to make what you can make. You know, there's an easy way to lower your taxes. Everybody quit your job. Yeah, don't make anything. And make, <laughs> yeah, and make bad investments. <laughs> just, there you go. I, I, I think I just solved your income tax quandary for everybody listening. Just uh, simple, quit yeah. Quit your job, make bad investments, and uh, yeah, you're, you're good. You're good to go. Of course. It's kind of like my, my uh, story on uh, financial planning for somebody with uh, two years to live. I, well, take your assets, split them in half, spend yeah. half this year and the other half next year. I mean, yeah. It's easy, you know, when you when you simplify it like that. But no, we want to make what we, we want to make. But the goal is how do I minimize the taxes over that period of time? A simple example would be, you know, on a on a lottery winning, you know, you can have it all at once and pay forty percent, you know, now or fifty percent if you live in a, a state with income taxes, or you can spread it out over time. Let's say you want a million dollars, you take fifty thousand a year for twenty years, uh, you might be in the twelve percent bracket or twenty-two percent bracket as opposed to fifty in the example I just gave. There's a simple example of how, yeah, I'd rather spread that out and have it all taxed at a lower rate over the course of time, bearing in mind time value money. But, Mm -hmm. you know, doing smart tax planning is so critically important. And people don't do that. I got so many examples of people or people that go to a financial advisor and get really bad tax advice Mm -hmm. because they're not supposed to be giving tax advice. They're not CPAs. Right. Well, I want to talk about that here in the next part of the show is how a CPA is very different than having a CPA consistently involved with your taxes. And I also want to point out that a tax plan, that is one of the seven steps to a successful retirement. And that is in our book, Seven Steps. And we'll tell people how they can get that a little bit later on in the program. But if you're listening to the program right now and you're saying to yourself, boy, 66% tax increase, I don't think I'm going to be able to handle that. Is my financial plan rooted well enough that I can mitigate those taxes? Well, if you've got questions about that, I've got a very simple answer for you. Simply go to madronafinancial.com and click on that get started button to begin the conversation about how deeply rooted your financial plan is. It's our rooted wealth analysis. It'll only take a couple of minutes. You'll answer a couple of quick questions there. Then you can be connected with an advisor who will spend a brief period of time not selling you a product at all. This is discovery, but really taking a look at your financial plan to make sure that it is is rooted well enough to sustain a financial storm like we're in right now and the storm winds are brewing as far as taxes go in the near future once again so simple to find out how deep your financial roots are i'd like you to do it today if you could go to madronafinancial.com click on the get started button to begin that conversation about your rooted wealth analysis Brian, we'll continue this conversation about taxes in a moment, but I always have these little fascinating facts. Did you know that there are basically four science-backed habits that'll keep you mentally sharp into your 70s? From older adults who have actually gone through this, they have lived this, and they have told us that, number one, daily exercise is so important because it keeps the heart and blood vessels healthy. Also, making meaningful connections. This is so important, whether through the mechanism of mental stimulation, reduction of stress, or engagement in healthier lifestyles, Social engagements do reduce people's risk of developing dementia. So, you know, get out there, take a class, make some friends, take a walk, talk to the neighbors, make sure that you just don't sit alone talking to yourself in front of the TV set. Number three is learning something new. Classes don't just offer interpersonal connections, but they allow you to learn something new, which opposed to doing the same crossword puzzle every day means that you're engaging more of your brain. Very important, you know, Dr. Richard Hemmer, who's a partner here at Madrona Financial 
Baldwin CPAs always talks about being a lifelong learner, and I can attest to that. Finally, eating for brain health. I didn't realize this, Brian, but this study points out that antioxidant-rich berries, high-fiber leafy greens and whole grains, and lean protein sources such as turkey and and chicken and, and fish really do contribute towards your brain health. So there are four things that you can do. Daily exercise, making meaningful connections, learning something new, and eating for brain health if you want to keep mentally sharp well into your 70s, probably into your 80s. I've met some people who do these things. They're sharp as a tack, and they're well into their 90s. So that's your little tip for today. We've got more of those later on in the program, but let's get back to this problem, Brian, that we're trying to solve for our listeners today, and that is the CBO suggesting that the individual income tax rate will go by 66% in 2031. Having a CPA on call is very different than having a CPA consistently involved. That's what I said going into this short break. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, a couple things here. I certainly pay attention to my industry. I'm a national coach. And there was this firm that the uh, organization did a study of, and, and I was reading it, and they talked about their tax division, how that's a specialty, and they do the same thing we do, basically. And I'm like, hmm, let me, let me peer under the hood a little bit here. So I was looking at the makeup of their tax division, and their income tax division consisted of one enrolled agent. Wow. And so I was like, hmm, well, let's, let's compare this. And I, <laughs> I, I brought up the analogy of baseball. You know, everybody can play baseball. I played Little League. I played high school baseball. And I was at a certain level. I was not good enough to play single A or college baseball, probably. And then there you, got, you got those levels. You got double A, triple A. A uh, guy that spends uh, uh, a minute in the majors. There's, yeah. there's people that, that are part-time in the majors, uh, back and forth. You've got your starters. Mm-hmm. you got your all-stars, and you got your Hall of Famers. So there's a million different levels of competency mm-hmm. in baseball. Well, I kind of look at the same thing in accounting. Right. And the, the enrolled agent that we're talking about, you know, on, on our staff would be, you know, a single A ball player, someone in the organization right. that's working their way up. And uh, would I go to that person to start in the World Series? No, 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 probably not. No, I would not. Would I go to an enrolled agent at Madrona Financial and CPAs for my long-term tax planning, estate planning, gifting, uh, advanced topics? No, of course not. They might prepare a projection or or something else, and their projection be looked at by a senior CPA on staff or a Mm -hmm. manager or a partner eventually, you know, whatever. But I wouldn't turn that over to them. So I'm looking at this situation going, wait a second, I do not want advanced tax planning for my multi-millions of dollars coming from somebody with limited experience. Right. I just do not. And so to think that because you have a tax division sets you apart, well, it kind of does. You can prepare a tax return. Mm-hmm. Great. Can you really give the advice that somebody with higher net worth needs? Uh, in my opinion, absolutely not. Yeah, Brian, as far as that sports analogy goes, it occurred to me when you're talking there about the different levels. You know, they have baseball fantasy camps. You've heard of that where you go and you can be a professional baseball player for a week. Or, they should have a CPA fantasy camp, don't you think? People have fantasized about being a CPA. You go to the camp, have guys like you teach them. I don't know if that's a good yeah, idea. Or, yeah, well, <laughs> us poor CPAs, we're always in the movies wearing those thick glasses and being super nerds. So I know. I, I think that ship has sailed. Uh, we're, we're never going to be on the cool factor, but boy, we're really popular once a year every year oh, so yeah. uh, whenever you got your taxes to do all of a sudden your CPA is pretty valuable yeah. uh, aspect of your life <laughs> they but. are they are definitely all stars and i think all year along brian can you really have a well rooted financial plan i mean like we talk about all the time can you really have a well rooted financial plan without a cpa involved no you really can't and that's what gets me. I, I was having this conversation with one of my advisors who worked at another firm, and she was scratching her head because, well, I got this client. They're moving their assets over, but they have a whole bunch of stock, and it's it's all gain. What do we do with that? I said, what did you do with it before? Well, we sold it. We always sold everything 100% of the time. I mean, well, we don't do that here. She goes, I know. What do we do? I don't know. I've never had this. Everywhere I've ever worked, we were to sell everything 100% of the time and put it into annuities. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, that's really bad tax planning because, you know, you're looking at 99% gain. And we were talking a half million dollar, over a half million dollar gain on this stock. So we're talking max rates, propping all their taxable income up to max rates and just destroying them tax wise because. Well, I don't know. We we don't have a tax person. We don't know what to do. We just sell everything 100% of the time. 
Well, that's what the industry does. I ran it by another one of my advisors who worked elsewhere. Yep, that's what we did. So it seems like everybody's doing that. It's like, wow, that is, I don't know, incompetence or beyond. Uh, it's just terrible to me. So I'm looking at that situation. And we have lots of options here. First off, plan with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. In five years, how much of that stock do they want? Maybe none, maybe all of it, maybe half of it. Okay, let's, let's get that out of the way. Once we know that answer, let's say it's half. Once we know that, how do we want to take that in? Well, I would suggest we pull uh, a fifth of it a year over five years, unless there's another situation where they have lost carry forwards. So now I'm looking at their Schedule D on their tax returns, seeing if we have any capital loss carry forwards to offset any capital gains. I'm looking at projected brackets over the next five years and doing all of that. I mean, it, it, there's just so much it just right away. We don't just take somebody's money and sell everything. We move it in kind. Mm-hmm. Then we make a decision on the non-qualified accounts to make sure that we're being tax smart because this could be tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year decision that is done wrong over and over and over in our industry. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs about the potential for a 66% tax increase by 2031. Brian, the few moments that we have left in this particular segment, I want to hit on something. There's a fellow in the media who preaches the 0% tax bracket all the time. Zero plus zero equals zero is what his mantra is. Is the 0% tax bracket, in your opinion, really the least expensive tax bracket that you can be in? No. And the re- you know, it's all, well, what do you mean? What's less than zero? Well, that's not what I mean. So in this case, I know the person you're talking about, and I know exactly what their goal is. They are trying to help advisors sell fixed index universal life policies to you, period. End of story. Universal life allows you to pull money out of your account after, say, a 15-year buildup, income tax-free. Okay, well, do you want all your money tied up for over 15 years and for life? (laughs) Probably not. No. Do you want to limit the investment returns and have high insurance costs with all of your money? Maybe with part of it. I get it. You want life insurance, all that. All of it? Probably not. Is it the worst thing in the world to invest wisely in a diversified portfolio and pull a bunch of that money out at 0, 10, or 12%? No, I'll I'll pay those rates all day long if I was smart investment-wise and diversity-wise. So you got to go to the source. Why are they saying, trying to convince you that you got the firm out there trying to convince you annuities are inherently bad? Well, because they don't get paid to sell them. Well, why do you want the 0% bracket? Because I make money when you buy a universal life policy. Mm -hmm. Oh, did I say that out loud? (laughs) Uh, I didn't mean to. I don't think a person's ever said that out loud. I'm saying it out loud. They are trying to sell you a product. So they're inserting this idea that it's possible to have all of your money at the 0% bracket. As long as you take 15 years off from living, that's fine, I guess. But most of my clients don't want to take the next 15 Mm -hmm. years off so they can build up a universal life policy Mm -hmm. so that when they're really old, instead of being in the 12% bracket, they're in the 0% bracket. That's just stupid tax planning to me. (laughs) But that is what is going on. So whenever I hear these people make these statements and they sound good, well, no, I want to pay 0% bracket. Who doesn't want to pay that? Well, it comes at a cost. Right. Okay, big cost, uh, 15 years of your life to start with. And so, you know, I'm kind of going off here, but feel pretty passionately about proper tax planning as opposed to some of the, the nonsense I hear on the radio. And once again, I'm going to reiterate this is you really cannot have a well-rooted financial plan. I think, and this is our opinion, without a CPA involved, and I think we've given a lot of facts here to back up that opinion. And of course, Madrona Financial also is Madrona Financial and CPA. So enough said there. And also, I'll reiterate too, that a tax plan, that is one of the seven steps to a successful retirement. Now, that's the title of our book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. How to Confirm Your Retirement is Designed to Support the Quality of Life that You Want for 30 Plus Years. Our listeners can get it free of charge today, no cost for this. All you've got to do to get it instantly, have it downloaded, is to text us radio to 833-673-7373. Once again, radio, I'll repeat that number, 833-673-7373. You can download the book instantly by doing that today. 
as in right now. If you'd like a hard copy of the book, we'll be happy to send one of those out to you as well. Simply include that in your text. Send me a hard copy of the book. Of course, send us your name, address, and so forth so we can get that out to you. But once again, 833-673-7373. If you've got comments about the show, we would love to hear that. If, if you've got a suggestion for a topic, we'd like to hear what you would like us to talk about. And as always, if you'd like to email us anything, it's plan at madronafinancial.com. That's plan at madronafinancial.com. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. If you could retire sooner, wouldn't you? Why not spend time doing the things you love with the people you love? Hi, I'm Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, here to share some new tools to help you retire sooner. At Madrona Financial Services, our team is dedicated to helping you retire successfully while maintaining your current lifestyle. To help you get started, download a free copy of our newest book, Inside Retirement Investing, Volumes 1, 2, and 3 at madronafinancial.com or by calling 844-MADRONA. It will only take a minute or two to get your free books, but the information could change your life forever. Our Inside Retirement Investing eBooks cover everything from the basics of retirement planning to investing to taxes and so much more. They're designed to help you retire successfully and on your terms. Call us today at 844-MADRONA and get your free copy of the Inside Retirement Investing eBooks. That's 844-MADRONA or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue talking about income taxes and RMDs. Isn't it funny, Brian, how it all comes down to taxes? I mean, that is such a major part of a financial plan is mitigating these taxes. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about RMDs and how they can push you into a taxable situation that you may not want. First of all, what are RMDs? Well, they're the minimum amounts that you've got to withdraw from your retirement accounts each year. And you generally you got to start taking withdrawals from your traditional IRA, your SEP IRA, simple IRA, and retirement plan accounts when you reach age 72, 73, if you reach age 72 after December 31st, 2022. So let's start off with the problem here, Brian. You know, we've got to take these RMDs. We want to minimize taxes on those or mitigate the taxes. So let's use that as a jumping off point here. Yeah, I think uh, as well as with the income tax discussion where I, I talked about having a paradigm shift that we don't want to have zero income tax. We want to have the lowest income tax making the max money over a long period of time. It's kind of the same thing with the RMDs. I keep hearing over and over, oh gosh, uh, this is terrible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to start taking RMDs. This is the worst thing ever. And I'm like, why? Didn't you spend your whole life putting money into a retirement account with the idea that when you're retired, you take some of that money out and live on it? I'm like, well, yeah. Well, that's all this is. Yeah. I mean, they're not asking to take all of it out. They're, you know, it starts out at about 3.7%. So if you have a million dollars in your qualified accounts and you're 73 years old, the IRS requires you to move at least, say, $37,000 from your left pocket to your right pocket, basically. So when that money moves at 22% bracket, there's about 8000 in tax. But doesn't it make sense that you should have more money when you're in your mid-70s and 80s to spend at the clip of at least 3 4 5% of your account balance anyway? So I think a lot of people are really scared of RMDs. You know, they're, oh, these are terrible. I don't need the money. Well, maybe you don't need it, but maybe you kind of need to force yourself to take some money out to improve your quality of life. Because if you don't spend it, your kids are going to, when they inherit it. Mm -hmm. So I would rather see my clients spend it than worrying about their kids and, and trying to live frugally their whole life so right. they can leave more behind. Right. Now, the RMD rules, do they apply to Roth IRAs? No, Roth IRAs are in a different category. The IRS doesn't care about your Roth IRAs because they can't get any money from them. They can't get any taxes on them. So they don't care when you take them out or, or whatever. They limit uh, money going into them, but they don't require you to pull money out. And so this is just uh, IRS's attempt to make sure they have tax revenue coming in because older people maybe aren't spending as much as they used to, and they're going to require you to take money out of your retirement accounts. Brian, do RMD rules apply to the beneficiaries of Roth 401k accounts? 
Yeah, I mean, certainly beneficiaries have different rules as it relates to RMDs. Uh, If you inherit retirement accounts, if you're a spouse, you have a set of rules. If you're next generation, let's say you're a child of the person that's deceased, you have different rules. And and so, yeah, there's all kinds of different rules related to this stuff. And that's why, again, why you need a CPA involved in your financial planning, especially in an inheritance situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's another big area. I I get questions all the time about, gee, I inherited some money. I'm I'm killed on taxes, right? I'm like, what? There's no no inheritance tax. Uh, There may not be even an estate tax federally for sure. And and, uh, there may or may not be for the state. There are ways to mitigate estate taxes. There's ways to mitigate income taxes on assets inherited, whether they be through the step-up in basis or with careful planning due to beneficiary IRAs and that kind of thing. There's so much on the table there. And it's really shocking to me that uh, there's so many financial advisors that, well, I can't talk taxes with you. I'm like, well, how do you get through a meeting? Right. <laughs> I, I've never had a meeting yeah. as a financial advisor where I wasn't talking taxes ever. Of course, of course. And most of my industry is not even allowed to talk about taxes because they're not CPAs. I'm, mm-hmm. huh. It's like uh, going to your doctor. Can I ask you a medical question? Oh, no, I can't talk medical stuff. I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. He says doctor. Well, right. um, yeah, well, I'm not allowed to talk medical stuff. Do you want to talk about the uh, Mariners? I had a really nice comeback win last night. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I want help. So when you go to your financial advisor, I think it's perfectly adequate that you should be able to ask them tax questions, estate tax, gift tax, Federal, state of Washington, if you're in this, this state, beneficiary IRA type questions, capital gain questions. Uh, if you're considering moving money to a financial advisor, ask him this one thing. If I have a big unrealized gain in my account, what is your policy? Are you going to sell that without looking at my tax return? Are you going to sell that? Just ask him that simple question. Right. I think it's fair. And if they say, well, yeah, of course we're going to sell it because we don't, don't know what to do with it, you might want to find yourself a different advisor. And again, having a CPA on call that you can make a call to is totally different than having a CPA who's looking at your financial plan or has a part in designing that financial plan. And again, that is a huge advantage of Madrona Financial and CPAs is the fact that we do have that CPA firm. There are numerous CPAs that are on staff right there under one roof. Talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial, National and CPAs were talking about RMDs. Now, Brian, in the past, we have talked about the failure to withdraw the full amount of the RMD by the due date would result in a 50% penalty. Now, that was altered with the Secure 2.0 Act, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's still uh, uh, not good to miss your RMDs. Right. So uh, another misconception about the RMD is this. People think that, well, I've got retirement assets in six different accounts. I have three annuities, and then I have three different investment accounts. I have to pull money out of each of the six, right? I'm like, no. No, you add up the value of those six on January 1st of the given year. Based upon that value, you need to take, you know, let's say it's a million dollars and you need to take 40 grand out. It doesn't matter where it comes from. It can, all 40 can come out of one account. You could take 40 out of all six. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter as long as you take 40. Now, with annuities, a lot of times people have lifetime annuities. And let's say they're, they're getting 3000 a month check out of one of their annuities and it's a qualified annuity. Well, that $36,000 they just took out over 12 months counts towards the 40. So they only need to take four more out of some account. That's all they have to do. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be as complicated as some people think as if you have multiple accounts, and especially if you're already getting distributions, you know, let's say through an annuity, that does count towards your required minimum distribution. And as we said, 50% is what the penalty was if you did not withdraw your RMDs on time before the Secure 2.0 Act took effect. It was reduced to 25%, but it's possibly 10% if the RMD is timely corrected within two years. So the problem we're addressing right now on the program is required minimum distributions and mitigating taxes on that. We've talked about a few strategies, so let's continue to talk about strategies and solutions here. Brian, how can we reduce our RMD tax? Could you take your RMDs as a series of payments throughout the year, or does it have to be one lump sum at the end of the year? How does it work? 
Yeah, you can do either. And and I want to backtrack something you just mentioned there, how they, they changed the rules. I'm, I'm uh-huh. wondering if they read my book, Prosperous oh, Revelations. I, I'm sure that they did. <laughs> I think I might have had something to do with that change in my title chapter that was titled, Does Congress Hate Old People? <laughs> yeah. And I was referring to uh, the 95-year-old that forgot to do their RMD. Aunt Gladys. And they get nailed with a, yeah, Gladys got right. nailed with a 50% penalty because they're old. And I just, it was the most onerous penalty in there. Yeah. And the only people that are subject to that are, frankly, old people that probably don't have all their faculties. So does Congress hate old people? Why did, why did you put the worst penalty <laughs> on the... the I'm the least able to, to deal with the complexity of the income tax rules. And so they changed the rules. So I'm, I'm going to take credit for that. One, I Jeff. think you I should think. take credit for that, Brian. But again, the problem is how we can reduce our RMD taxes. And if I am hearing you correctly, Brian, that you can take it as, as a series of payments throughout the year. I mean, can you take some on like January 15th, some on May 15th and August 15th? I mean, can you do that as opposed to just, oh my gosh, it's New Year's Eve, better take that RMD. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can you can take it any time during the year. You can take it all at once. A lot of people wait till the last minute. That's not very smart sometimes because you know you call our office on, on four p.m. on on December thirty first, and there may not be anybody here. Right. And even if there is, we cannot get to the custodian and get money moved that quickly. Mm-hmm. We have to sell something. I have to wait for it to settle. We have to have a something ordered out, and it mm-hmm. takes time. And so there's no no point in waiting. Another strategy around that, though, is I know a lot of people are like, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm not going to touch my accounts, but when I'm 73, i got to start pulling a whole bunch of money out. Well, how old are you now? 63. Did you just retire? Yeah. I said, how about you just start pulling money out over the next 10 years? Mm-hmm. Then you won't have as much that you're required to take at a higher bracket, and your quality of life can go up for ten, the best 10 years you have left. I mean, the the next 10 are your best 10 when you're in retirement. And so why don't we strategize that we're going to spread this out over a long... We're not going to wait for the IRS to tell us, Mm -hmm. do our tax planning for us, uh, keep your taxes low, and then pay a really high rate from 73 on. Well, that's the plan that's in place on paper. Well, we're not subject to that. We don't have to be. Why don't we plan ahead? Plan with the end in mind. Plan the lifestyle you want to live plan taking distributions out in your 60s, even though you're not required to, take them out at lower brackets because you don't have, maybe haven't started your annuities, maybe you haven't started your social security, and you're in a low bracket. Take advantage of that. Best tax planning is taking advantage of that 0, 10, 12% bracket for some people, even the 22 and 24%, because as we started the show, the projections for income tax rates going up are huge. And so it may be a good idea to subject yourself to these low brackets that we have today, take that money out, improve your quality of life in your 60s, lower your required minimum distributions in your 70s and 80s. Brian, if our listeners are concerned about taxes and, of course, RMDs and taxes, again, they're worried that their financial plan is not suited well enough to mitigate these taxes. If they're worried how deeply rooted their financial plan is, you know, you see these trees in their sides with a shallow roots, and it's because their roots were not deep enough. Same principle applies to your financial portfolio. If you're worried that your financial portfolio is not rooted deep enough to withstand any financial storm, once again, go to madronafinancial.com. Towards the top of the page there, you can click on that Get Started button to begin the conversation about how deeply rooted your financial plan is. We call it our rooted wealth analysis. Very simple, and it will only take a couple of minutes to get started there. Answer a couple of quick questions. You will be connected with an advisor who will spend about 15, 20 minutes or so not selling you a product. There's no product involved with this. There's no pressure. There is no obligation. It's simply a discovery process to see how deep your financial roots are to make sure that you can withstand the next financial storm. Again, no cost, no obligation. Go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button to get your complimentary rooted wealth analysis. Brian, we're going to continue to talk about RMDs and taxes. But again, I've got another one of these fun facts. Did you know, Brian, by the age of 60 years old, now that's pretty young as far as I'm concerned, we start to have difficulty breathing. And 60% of men, 40% of women will begin to snore when sleeping. 
Now, stores average around 60 decibels. That's the noise level of a normal speech pattern, but they often reach more than 80 decibels. Brian, you know how loud that is? That is as loud as a pneumatic drill breaking on concrete. If you can imagine a pneumatic drill in your bedroom, if you've got a a spouse or something there and you're snoring, noise levels over 85 decibels can damage the human ear. Brian, have you ever been told that you snore? Oh, I don't snore. No, you don't I'm snore. Teasing. No, I'm teasing. I, <laughs> You're one I of the few. <laughs> yeah. Well, we won't go down that road because, boy, yeah, no, that's that's a that's a real deal. I I have been known to rent a couple of hotel rooms <laughs> on vacation. So, and it is it is a natural thing that happens because you have difficulty breathing, and you know I would suggest that anybody who worries about that maybe they do get a sleep study at their doctor, and that's going to tell them you, you know whether or not they're getting enough oxygen. There are many solutions for that. The C pat machine is one of those two so uh, get to that doctor and get that sleep study brian let's get back to mitigating taxes and in particular we're talking about the rmd taxes here we've talked about taking rmds as, as a series of payments throughout the year we also talked about converting your traditional ira to a roth ira so let's elaborate on that a little bit that is another great strategy is it not it's a great strategy, and, and I always recommend that when somebody has anything below the 22% bracket available, meaning that, you know, let's say a married couple, they can have income of about $105,000, before they're starting to pay the 22% bracket. So let's say they just retired, they don't have a job, they haven't started their annuities, they haven't started Social Security, and maybe their income's, let's say, 25000 is all, and they can go to one hundred and five. So I would say, well, there's an opportunity to move $80,000 from a big IRA account over to a Roth account. It'll grow tax-free for the rest of their life. It will never have any taxation on any of its income or when you take it out. And you're only going to be paying it at 0, 10, 12%. I always volunteer my clients for 0, 10, and 12%. That's good tax planning because I've, as we stated on the show, we think tax rates are going to go up. Right. So why wait until they double or triple or you're at a higher bracket? You have RMDs, you got your annuities kicked in, your social security's kicked in, you're in that uh, six-figure income without working and you're in a higher bracket. Why pull money in at that bracket mm-hmm. without even knowing what it's going to be? You know, Maybe it's 22 or 24, maybe it's 42 or 44. I don't know, but if I can pay it at 12, I want to pay it at 12. Brian, could you reduce your RMD tax by possibly investing in a qualified longevity annuity contract? I mean, what we call a QLAC. Is that a fair strategy or not? Well, I mean, deferral. I mean, so we want to differentiate between tax-free, tax-deductible, tax credit, tax deferred. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of emphasis put on deferrals tax-deferred strategies, and I got to take a little issue with that. We just said rates are going to go up. So, okay, that's great. You got time value of money. That's worth something. But if I got time value of money on one side of the equation and I doubled my tax rate on the other side, then I'm probably behind. I'm probably dollars behind. And so be very careful about tax deferral strategies as they relate to tax-free. So a non-qualified account, I might defer so I get a step-up in basis for my spouse or heirs. That's tax-free. That's much better than tax-deferred. Tax-deferred means I'm going to pay on it or somebody's going to pay on it. I just need to know what that bracket's going to be to the best of my ability. And so tax planning uh, with tax, as it relates to tax deferrals says I need to have a long-term plan ahead and I have to kind of plug in what I think my tax brackets will be when somebody eventually pays tax on that money. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs, and we're tackling the problem today of RMD taxes. Brian, could you donate the RMD to a qualified charity to eliminate or mitigate the taxes? What about that strategy? That's a great strategy. So let's say I'm, I'm giving $30,000 a year to, to my church, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm 73 years old, and I'm going, well, I could you know take 30000 40000 out of my IRA and net thirty after paying ten in tax, or I could just give them thirty directly. I'll keep the ten. No one pays the tax, and then they don't pay the tax. The charity doesn't. And so it's a win-win for me and my charity. And so that's a great strategy. If you're going to give that money anyway, 
and you're over 70 and a half, actually. Why in the world would you not give it directly from your IRA when nobody will pay the income tax? And the, the other benefit to that is that by not having that amount on my income tax return, it lowers my overall income, which uh, doesn't taint other types of income I might have on my return, pushing that stuff into a higher bracket. So it's a, if you're 70 and a half years old and you give money to charity, stop, think about it. If it's enough to make it worth your while, mm-hmm. give that money directly to the charity from your IRA. Don't pass it through the IRS's filter first. Right. It sounds like there's a lot of tax planning that goes into doing a financial plan. And I understand that you've had really a lot of other advisors who have consulted you there at Madrona Financial about tax situations. Uh, tongue in cheek uh, there, uh, Jeff. Actually, yeah, I've been a partner here for 30 years and we've literally done tens of thousands of tax returns. And I know that many of those our clients have financial advisors. Most of them have investment accounts. Uh, they're getting advice from somewhere. And uh, over the course of all of those years, I've made a list of all the names of all the advisors that ever called me and asked me a tax question before they did something in their client's portfolio. Uh, that list is still empty. <laughs> I have not once in 30 years gotten a call yeah, right. from a CPA firm's financial advisor mm-hmm. asking about tax consequences of their investment strategies. Not one mm. in 30 years. Sure. And you would welcome those calls. And as you said, that was a question tongue in cheek there, too. And that leads me to the next question, Brian. Are you able to work with other advisors and other CPAs? Absolutely. I and mean, we've got a CPA firm. We want to help our clients. We want CPAs to ask. And it's okay to say, well, I haven't really worked with Delaware Statutory Trust. You can tell me the rules, taxation rules on that, the state returns, the step up, the, the gross ups, the, the new depreciation, the carryover depreciation, recapture, boot, all the issues that come up with that. It's interesting. I was just at a conference on Delaware Statutory Trust, mm-hmm. and there was over 600 people there. And I know, I guess as a CPA, when I when I look at uh, numbers and, and prospectuses and so forth, because I'm an auditor by trade, I'm auditing. And I went with uh, our person in charge of due diligence, Nick Smelser, and uh, mm-hmm. I loved his attitude. He said, Brian, whenever somebody brings me something, I hate it. <laughs> and it's their job yeah. to convince, convince me, me not yeah. to hate their product. I'm assuming they're lying to me, mm-hmm. that they're covering things up, that they're not disclosing everything. And it's so true. I was there talking to these vendors. I'm going, wait a second. You know, you got you have five different vendors and they're all paying 4% yields in their apartments, but yours is at six. Why is that? Do you have some special super apartment super supermarket you shop at that they don't have a membership card to? Because mm-hmm. the market's market. How in the world are you getting six when everybody else is getting four? And when you dig down, you go, oh, I see how you're doing it. You're erroneously propping up your cash flow by taking your reserves account. Instead of setting it aside for repairs, you're stealing from it to trick your potential client into thinking that they get a higher yield with you when, in fact, you're just stealing from their own savings account and calling it yield. Oh, but it's disclosed at the bottom of page 37 here on this small print at the back of the prospectus. Well, okay, that doesn't hold water with me. I saw a lot of people doing that. So when I'm looking at investments and and we're looking at investments here at Madrona, we're digging deep. We're going Mm -hmm. under the the hood and we know what we're looking like. I I tell people, who better to read an audited financial statement than an auditor. Of course. <laughs> he was an auditor. I mean, right. I prepared financial statements for a living for years and years. I know how to read one. Yeah. And so I think that's so critically important. A big step that's not talked about much is, oh, we offer everything Madrona offers. Well, do you? Do you offer that level of analysis? Well, right. maybe not. Because if you're not an auditor, how do, you, how do you read an audited financial statement the way an auditor does? Brian, I always love your stories, and I want you to tell the story about when you called another financial advisor to help them with their client. Yeah, I was I was looking at their their tax return, and this was even before I was a financial advisor, so I didn't I didn't have a horse in the race here. But I'm looking at their return, and and at the time, uh, municipal bonds weren't paying nearly as much as taxable bonds. Rates were higher, and uh, you know they were they were not paying much at all. And so I called this advisor because my, my client, 
unfortunately was I won't name the industry she was in. Uh, we'll call it muffin bottoms. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so she had a factory making muffin bottoms, All and right. thinking that would be a big seller. And sure. Turns out it wasn't. So <laughs> she had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. of net operating loss carry forwards from her muffin bottom business, which mm-hmm. was something else. And uh, so I called this guy. I said, um, "Is there any reason why we're getting you know these low yields on municipal bonds?" And I said, "Well, she's got millions of dollars with us, and so she's in the forty percent bracket or whatever it was at the time." I said, "Have you looked at her tax return?" And he went, "Well, no, I haven't, but I assume she's in the forty percent bracket." Well, no. Um, Actually, she has a $800,000 net operating loss to carry forward. She's in the 0% bracket. We want to maximize her taxable income. The next $800,000 will be tax-free. And he just, he just hear the stunned silence on the other side. She, what? She doesn't pay t- She's What? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> she's not even in a bracket yet. She's got to make $800,000 before she gets to a bracket. So please take her out of muni bonds and get her something with uh, market uh, interest rates. And, oh, oh, okay. So it, it just and this was I'd been to their office. It was on about the fiftieth floor. They had a, a they actually had an espresso operator in the lobby. Their beautiful building. It was gorgeous. The views, uh, the rent must have been outstanding. And and so they they look like oh they're the real deal. And what does Madrona know? Well, I know how to look at a tax term before I, I do investment advisory services. At least I know that. Uh, they didn't do that. And so they're just an example of uh, even when you think someone is doing this, well, surely my CPA is talking to my advisor. No, probably not. Uh, surely my advisor is looking at my tax term. Probably not. Did you give it to them? No, they didn't ask. Yeah, probably not. And so there's a lot of, of jewels on your tax term, whether carry forwards, marginal brackets, uh, Whatever the case may be, uh, everybody's situation is different. We can't just assume things and then tell you what to do. Hey, let's sell everything you have. Well, did you look at my return? No. Well, did you notice I'm in a high bracket and you're going to kill me? Oh, oh sorry. You know, it, it, it's so important. So I'm just emphasizing again how important the income tax uh, analysis is as it relates to your ongoing relationship with your financial advisor. And once again, a tax plan. That is one of the seven steps to a successful retirement. I want to invite our listeners, if they would like to get a hold of our book of that same title, simply text RADIO to 833-673-7373. That's RADIO to 833-673-7373. Also, if you would like a hard copy of the book, include that in your text. We'll be happy to send one out. Well, Brian, out of time for this week. I certainly want to thank you for your time and this discussion on taxes and RMDs and also the tax is possibly going up by 66% in 2031. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. 